Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So you were telling me you have some surprising thoughts and statements and ideas about something that I thought was kind of settled. I thought we knew about this particular management practice called stack ranking. Can you, can you tell us what it is, remind our listeners who might not know, and tell me uh, what's your new thinking on it? Sure. So stack ranking is the idea that um, you rate uh, all of your uh, employees in a given pool and you make sure you fit a curve so that you say, look, we should have, and there's different numbers that go here, but it could be something like, um, you know, we should have a, a, a top 10%, uh, a middle 80 and a bottom 10%. And or we should have a top 20%, a, a, a middle 70, and a bottom 10. There's different numbers that go into it, but the idea that you're going to have some number of people in each of these categories, and you're going to fit your rankings that way. And then, and this is the part that really uh, comes out a lot, it's, it's in a lot of times that people implement stack ranking, the idea is that those that bottom 10% or whatever the bottom X percent is, that they should be fired, they should be terminated. Um, or there are going to be different different things that happen. Maybe they get put on a performance improvement plan, but there's some sort of action taken uh, in response to the, the fact that they've ended up at the bottom of the ranking. Uh, uh, now, there's often rewards on the at the top end. Um, you know, th this this shows up in different forms. Like people might have heard of the concept of a 10x developer, and the idea is, oh, you've you know, or a, so then you, you get this idea of a top 10 percenter. Well, then we want to make sure that those people are rewarded commencement for being at the top of the stack. So that's that's roughly the idea of stack ranking is in the, the picture idea that you're going to fit people to a curve. And that um, has a bunch of implications in particular, um, the idea that there's going to be uh, competition between people. And um, so there's various um, uh, things that come out of that, uh, either by design or by accident. That And that's why this ends up being, uh, to put it mildly, controversial. Absolutely. And so I've typically said this doesn't seem like a great idea, and I've counseled people that I coach away from this kind of fit-to-a-curve model. Uh, and the classic text on this is uh, uh, an article we'll link in the show notes from two, two folks, a husband and wife team, called The Poppendeeks, and, and they had a lot of very useful thoughts on lots of topics, and this one is an article called Unjust Desserts. It's uh, on compensation and, and this kind of model. Yeah, especially in knowledge work where you have lots of people contributing to doing something very new that requires a lot of brain power. And they argue that, for example, you don't want that competition because it, it destroys motivation, destroys uh, creativity and contributions exactly where you want them in a knowledge work scenario. But, but you have something new. So, Jeffrey, tell, <laughs> tell us what uh, new thoughts you have. Yeah, and I, when I, and I want to be clear, I'm, I'm not going to um, advocate stack ranking here um, for the reasons that you described. There's a lot of harmful side effects. However, however, and this, this is something that's changed, which is when looking at um, companies of very large scale, um, I find myself having more sympathy for the people who put them at pl in place. And the reason is this, and it's actually going to tie in very much to conversations and difficult conversations, which is performance management to tell people, you know, how they're doing versus expectations, and in particular, how to have conversations with people who are underperforming expectations is really, really uncomfortable. And to the first order, uh, I would say, doesn't happen. You know, the, for the, the median manager and the median company, 
probably that conversation doesn't happen at all. And, and I think that means that if, if I'm someone who's part of a large running and responsible for a large organization, and, and I think that, look, my, I just don't believe that my managers are having those difficult conversations, well, stack ranking becomes a way of forcing the issue. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the, use the power of the purse uh, and the review cycle to enforce that people have those difficult conversations just mechanically, because otherwise, you know, very often people just sort of managers refuse to have them. So that's my that's my newfound sympathy. And, and, and I think the idea here is connected to it is that those performance management discussions, I think, are really important, are really vital. One of the main um, things that, that managers should be doing, that's one of the main areas of responsibility. Uh, and I think because it can lead to all kinds of positive effects. And I, and I want to be clear here when I, I don't mean this sort of euphemistically, a lot of people I know when they say, oh, if someone goes on a performance, uh, uh, improvement plan, they're on their way out. You're managing them out. And people actually, have, I've seen this idea that once you start having that conversation with someone, you've kind of already decided what's going to happen. And I think that's a terrible mistake. I've often had people who I didn't feel performing well, I would have conversations and their performance improved dramatically and they became, you know, quite good performers. It's just that people had never had the conversation with them to set expectations. So the, the, so this is, this is the newfound sympathy. Performance management is really important. Uh, many managers, I would argue most managers don't do it, uh, at least don't do it well, especially they don't do it on the downside. They don't do it on the negative side. Um, as a result, if you want this sort of vital conversations to happen at the high management level, you, you might feel like, oh, stack ranking is the only way I can think of to force this to happen. So I, I, that's, the, that's where I am now. I have a, a bit of sympathy for those executives who bring in stack ranking um, with that in mind. I, I, I still don't think it's a good idea. I think there's much better <laughs> things to do, um, but I, that's, my, that's my thought. What, what do you think about that, Squirrel? And how does that manage your, how does it match with your expectations and people's reluctance on performance management? Uh, well, it reminds me of another situation, and the situation is that uh, governments would like us all to recycle or, or to do other things. They want to get us to, to, to do things differently, us in some large country that, that most of us live in. And governments use um, uh, the latest thing that I've read about is, is nudging. There's some idea that you can kind of culturally get people to do stuff, but the most common lever they pull is tax taxation or, or uh, law um, <laughs> enforcement, right? So they'll uh, say something like, you'll get a break on your taxes if you recycle this much, or if you um, um, uh, use renewable resources, renewable energy, uh, you'll get a discount on on your car. I, I don't pay a tax on my car because it's wholly electric, for example, whereas other people pay a road tax here in Britain. And uh, this is good as far as it goes, but it sort of um, uh, gives in to the situation. The problem that is that we're not doing enough to change the culture so that people want to do whatever it is differently. And uh, because we're not doing that and we're not giving them the skills, we're not creating the environment which encourage the, encourages them to do the right thing, and we don't give them the skills to do the right thing, the result is that uh, all we have is these kind of crude levers, the, these yes. um, coercive techniques. And sure, they'll work. I, I, I'd rather live in a country where you get a discount for an electric car than a country that says, hey, run as many uh, diesel. <laughs> yeah, we're we're ignore the problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Foul smoke spewing carbon uh, earth destroying 
uh, cars as you can. Uh, it's better to do something. Uh, but that doesn't suggest that the something is actually very good, which is, I think, maybe the insight that you have, that there, there, we can understand why governments put on these taxes. We can understand why large organizations run this way and force their engineers, their um, managers to, to function in the way you've described. But it doesn't seem very good to me. I'd, I'd rather <laughs> live in a different world. And and I think that is is, is really that comes down to it, which is we are aiming to do something better. And we certainly hope that our listeners are aiming to do something better. And I think the idea, to me, the connection here is if you want to do better, you kind of need to understand why things are the way they are. So I think it's it's a mistake for people to come in and just dismiss stack ranking as stupid and evil and terrible and, you know, this management garbage. I mean, it, it is, there are many problems with it. Um, but I think it's important to understand what people are aiming for. And then you can say, well, what, what would be a better way to get this result? You know, what would, what would need to be true that we, we have a, a better result? Because, you know, the, the idea, and I, and I've uh, certainly talked about this before with people, like the, the fair thing would be is if I have, you know, a bunch of people who are all, uh, uh contributing, uh, uh, in, in various ways to the collective outcome. And I'm happy with all their performance. It would seems wrong that I would have to rate some of them low <laughs> and, and almost as bad if I, if I had, a, if I had a bunch of people who were, I felt were all underperforming that I would then therefore rate some of them high performers. It seems like we want to have accurate conversations about what things are going in, including things that turns out, well, maybe if my expectations are wrong. And I think that's part of it too. come into the conversation of, of expectations with, you know, well, this is what my expectations are. Is there something that I'm missing or is there some part of your performance I'm missing that bringing that curiosity into it? I think that we can definitely get better results. And it, it just, it's important to understand what these, you know, bad practices to understand the truth that within them of what they're, and what they're aiming for, because that's going to be important if we actually want to do better. It, denying the motivation that would, that what the reality where they make sense, um, that doesn't help us learn how to do a better job. And it's such a blunt instrument. Uh, we were talking about it before we came on the podcast. And uh, you tell me if I've got this wrong, Jeffrey, but you had somebody who uh, ha had um, actually fired some people during the year and then was saying, well, actually, all those people in the bottom 10%, they're gone. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that's right. that, that kind of looks the same as somebody who hasn't done anything and just says, well, I think they're all the same and I'm not having any conversation. I don't know who's better. I'll just mark them all the same. So it actually makes it difficult to tell who is who. <laughs> are you managing it well and you've actually solved the problem or are you ignoring the problem completely? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, that's, that's exactly right. And that's the kind of problem you end up with in these, in these systems when they're done poorly, which is the person who's doing a very good job of performance management, you know, they end up saying, oh, no, I, I don't have any low performers. And the person who's unwilling to have the conversation says, oh, I have no low performers. <laughs> well, how without you getting into the difference? details. How, how, yeah, exactly. But, but I like your point that it's so important to understand why something is there, uh, why a practice is in place, because that helps you to use the right language to, um, and to select the right options to replace it with something that's better. And the classic yes. example of that is a guy called G.K. Chesterton wrote about what, why you uh, should not get rid of fences until you understand why they're there. And, and <laughs> That's right. if, if you don't understand why someone has put up a fence, then you absolutely must not take it down. You need to go figure out, is it keeping the foxes in or the chickens, the foxes out or the chickens in or something else? You, you might uh, lead to some real problems on your farm if you uh, start tearing down fences willy nilly.
you know, but maybe, of course, maybe it's for the, the, the cattle that are no longer there, <laughs> in which case, okay, fine. <laughs> you, you, you know that this, this was put up for the cattle that we no longer have. Good. Now you can take it down. <laughs> exactly. But understand it first. So I guess that's our uh, main advice to listeners who might be either in a stack ranking situation or, or might be considering using uh, a ranking technique like this. Our, our bias is against it. We, we see problems with it. But there, there are some good reasons why someone might have it in the first place. And if you understand those reasons, it could really help you in uh, coming up with something that's almost certain to be better. Is that fair, Jeffrey? Uh, absolutely, 100%. And, and again, no surprise that that's something better is going to involve you know, uh, conversations and conversational skills, <laughs> which is a, a common theme for us. Oh, yeah. So if listeners would like to learn more about that, or if they'd like to disagree with us and tell us why stack ranking is amazing, or any other thing reason that you guys might like to get in touch with us, you can do that at agileconversations.com. You'll find our Twitter and email and free videos and links to our book and all kinds of other free good stuff there. And of course, the other way to get in touch with us and stay in touch and learn more is to be back again next Wednesday when we'll be back with another edition of Troubleshooting Agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, girl.